Welcome to the Union Fitness Podcast with your co-hosts, Todd Hammer and the main one, Motley Crue's backup singer, CJ. You're Motley Crue's backup singer? Why? Yeah, look at me. You know, I have to say that this crew is definitely, we are the David Lee Roth Van Halen. The other hosts that we have on the other weeks, that's when that dude from Extreme was the lead singer of Van Halen. Oh yeah, we still have this same producer. He's the Tommy Lee of us. Well, yeah. What was the what was the guy in Van Halen that liked both singers? Was there one? Uh, uh, the the bassist. Okay. Well, then there you who, go. Who, who they screwed over and threw him out of the band without telling him. Well, that's probably how this is going. Anyway. Josh Elsass, yeah. our producer, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So this week, Charles Jasper, we both had worked at Robert Morris University, and we have an RMU alum on the air live who you don't know an rmu great alum an rmu great alum i will claim one of the harder working dudes i saw during my time there uh happiest dude on the planet earth happy dude. can confirm uh I, i'll tell you before we even introduce this dude he transferred in mm-hmm. and it was one of those dudes that showed leadership like day one right like, oh this is a dude and I remember there were a couple of guys that transferred in that year, I believe. Yeah. And it was just a good group of guys. Yeah. Also, top 10 handlebar mustache of all time in hockey. Whoa. Uh, that's saying a lot in hockey. Uh, trust me. a lot of handlebar good. mustaches. It was that good. As a guy with bad hair, there's a lot of bad hair in <laughs> yeah. hockey. I can say that. No mustache. Um, but Chris Kuznerik, welcome to the show, man. How's it going, guys? We're good. It snowed. It felt like Canada. Yeah, it's like Canada. We're in Canada right now. Canada, Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes, it, we had snow today. Uh, we got didn't get any ice fishing in. No. So yeah, we got snow here too. It's, what, what uh, yeah, I think the uh, I don't know. It's it's truly bizarre because it's gonna go back up to the seventies after today. So what part of the great land of Canada are you living in? I'm from I'm from or I live in Ottawa. It's where I'm born and raised. So that's the I know. Um, a lot of Americans I met when I was in school there, like, it's funny because we learn all about American geography in high school and history in high school, but I don't think Americans <laughs> spend too much time learning about Canada yeah. and our history. Americans don't <laughs> so, learn much time about their own country, yeah. let alone. Americans yeah. struggle with what's the capital of Pennsylvania. Ugh. Like I've, I've heard, uh, the province of British Columbia, they think is in Great Britain. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that they refer to Canada as America's hat. Yep. <laughs> it's, Sounds about right. it's pretty amazing but i'm from ottawa so it's a beautiful city nation's capital population about a million people uh about an hour away from like upstate new york um okay. so we're right at the border too but nice. um yeah so this is where i came after i stopped playing in the minor leagues um and i always knew i'd get rooted and grounded back here you know, here's the problem with Americans since we're on this topic. Not only uh, say it really you guys, grinds my gears. You guys are a heck of a fedora for us. You really cover our bald spots well. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, do you, you know North Park in just north of, of Pittsburgh? It's a, a, a this is a, a county park here. It's a nice park, and there's a lake there. And sometimes when it gets cold, it freezes over. And this year, it froze over. I went out there a few times with the family, and we walked across the lake, and it's really cool. And some people play hockey out on the lake. And it's yeah, you know, it doesn't happen that often in Pittsburgh. So what does some local kid decide to do? Gets in their Tonka truck, baby. And tries to drive across the lake. Now the lake's frozen for like four days. You need to know, like four days is not enough to get solid. And so what do you think happened to his truck? Americans, oh. we screw up anything. You know, we take anything <laughs> Canadian and make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know what lakes. that reminds me of? It, <laughs> it reminds me of uh, I don't know if you remember from the first class year. 
for Robert Morris Hockey, Christian Boucher, the goalie. Yep. Yeah. So his last year, they had there was a guy. Uh, he was telling me his name. I I see we we play in a, a men's league together, so we always shoot the breeze about what it was like back in Pittsburgh and at Robert Morris. You know, we we absolutely love and adore Pittsburgh, but we always share like the funny stories, of course. You know, and I guess they had a guy. One of the one of the uh, the new recruits came and he tried to swim across the Allegheny River. Nice, and uh, he got caught. He got stuck in the middle, and they had to like, <laughs> so they had to call in like uh, the fire department. They had to call an ambulance, and he and he got booted off the team. We were we were going over all these like, you know, hilarious like random stories of guys doing like ridiculous things in college that um, you don't. I don't think kids would necessarily try now, but. They would, they um, would, they would. You're just older. Would, You're yeah. more wise. They're the same. They would uh, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, excuse me, uh, Derek once told me a story about a uh, freshman who his first, like, it was like his first day on campus, and he uh, texted Derek when he meant to text his girlfriend. Ooh. <laughs> and the head coach, Derek was the oh, head coach, no. and he's looking at, like, what do I say? And he showed yeah. me, like, I don't even remember what the details of the text were, but it was enough that it was like, that's for your girlfriend. Yeah. That's a scary guy to accidentally text instead of your girlfriend. Yeah. I don't think he made he's, that player. He's a teddy bear deep down, though. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he puts, is a tough yeah, he puts out a He puts out a front leg. He, yeah. Like he's a like he's a top guy. I've seen that guy cry more than any grown man I've ever seen cry. So at the end of the day, he's he's a softie. He cares about his players a lot though, right? So like that, like I, I've never had a coach. Uh I'm I feel so lucky that I can go back to Robert Morris and I can go back to um I can go back to the Island Sports Center and you know, he's there and he treats you like family all the time. And you feel like you're someone in that program uh, even when you leave, and he's got a He's got a, a photographic memory, so he he remembers like every big goal, every big game, big conversation. Um, you know, he, he's a really he's a really special person. So, but yeah, he's a big soft. Yeah, <laughs> he, I was a freshman and I was interviewing him, and yeah. uh, Ostergaard had just gotten hurt, and Levine had just come in and was playing phenomenally for you guys. I think it would have been your junior year, and. Um, and so I ask him, what are you going to do about your goaltending controversy? And he looks me dead in the eye and he goes, what goaltending controversy? Like clearly he had two starters. And like, like I went white as a ghost. Like, I yeah, so like I'm 18 years old. Yeah. I, like, I don't know yeah. what to do here. Like e easy coach. I'm not trying to insult your humanity here. Yeah. I just, I just doing my job. Yeah. So, so you took a different route to Robert Morris. So tell us about that, how you ended up there. Yeah, like, I guess um, hockey-wise, I was always, like, a really late bloomer. And I, I always thought that I was going to end up getting a scholarship for baseball um, because, I, you know, I was playing on travel teams here. And I seemed to – I never was making the top teams growing up for hockey. Uh, but baseball, I seemed to be excelling at. So uh, we were putting more, car more, you know, more chips on the table for baseball – and hockey was just kind of like I, I liked hockey more, but it didn't seem like uh, it didn't seem like I was I was going to be take, carrying it as far as I would baseball. And then I ended up hurting my elbow uh, when I was 16 um, pitching, and then just decided like I, I got I basically got lucky in, in tryouts and had a coach who vouched for me and said, "Hey, you got to put this kid on the top team this year. Like he's you know consistently becoming our best player as the year goes on." And like. He plays baseball all summer, so he's never coming to camp in shape or anything. He's just kind of raw. And then, you know, like all these other kids are on the ice all summer. So 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I've kind of got like an unfair advantage, but I just didn't really, I just didn't really care that much. And so they put me on that team and then I ended up being the only kid on that team uh, to play junior A hockey the next year. And then after that junior A year, uh, I was the captain of the team the following year and then played one more year of junior hockey. I would have been 20 years old. And um, I remember I, I was writing emails to all division one schools, like everyone trying to get some interest. Um, and, you know, I, I was emailing the big schools. I really didn't have any business emailing, but then they, a lot of them were really kind and would like give me advice. Hey, hey, you know, you might want to check with the Atlantic hockey schools, the smaller schools. We only typically recruit like national kids, you know, things like that. And so I had no scholarship by the end of the season. A lot of conversations were had though, like a lot of schools talked to me, so I was disappointed. And then I got really lucky that a kid um, dropped out of his scholarship offer to Wayne State in Detroit. And so they had me next in line. So they basically offered me um, his scholarship. So um, I accepted that. And then the first day we get on campus, we meet with uh, the athletic director um, at the rink in the dressing room. And he's just like, listen, guys, like, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but the um, city of Detroit and mainly the state of Michigan is in deep trouble financially right now. And they're basically doing an overhaul of a lot of the state school sports programs. Long story short, the hockey program costs more than all other programs combined to run. So you guys are done after this year. We'll honor your scholarships, but you can decide if you want to play out this year. Um, so obviously we wanted to play. Um, and I was one of four guys from that team um, to, to get picked up for another school. So three of us ended up at Robert Morris. Um, and then one went to, I believe, Cornell. Um, but yeah, so then I ended up at Robert Morris for my sophomore year and then played my sophomore, junior, senior year. And you had some success at Robert Morris. So, so tell us about your experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um, I had a slow start. Like, I don't know, things didn't look really good. Cause I had, I had a visit that, uh, so I visited Robert Morris. My official visit was at the end of my freshman year at Wayne State. And so on my official visit, um, I knew some of the seniors from Ottawa from where I'm from and living now. And they were done, right? So on the visit, they were just in pure party mode. And I, I, did, I ended up getting intertwined in their web <laughs> and just getting, and just like, and just becoming, you know, becoming a complete and total idiot, basically. Um, did, did, did some like dumb things, basically. And um, I remember the next morning, I woke up at Christian Boucher's house, the goalie that I was telling you about. And he had, tied all my clothes in a knot and thrown them in the freezer and Derek and Derek the coach was knocking at the door because we were getting picked up to do our like tour of the rink and then all this stuff sign the paperwork <laughs> and uh I went and got my clothes out of the freezer so they were like frozen to my body and then <laughs> I'm picking up my shoes from the lawn and then I'm just in the car and luckily Bro you know Brock and the other guy were in better shape than I was but uh yeah, so then when I got to Robert Morris, like my first game, um, before that, he brought it up. He said, like, I know what happened on that visit. Just, he's like, just keep a low profile for the first while. All right. And I didn't do anything really bad. It was, you know, it was just like, I don't know. You, you don't want to be like drawing too much attention to yourself on a visit like that, though. And so uh, I broke my foot in the second game. Of, of the year but they wouldn't give for whatever reason they wouldn't give me an x-ray on it so I kept playing on a, a broken foot until Christmas I got home back to Ottawa and they x-rayed it and sure enough it was it was broken and so <laughs> I you know I, I gave it like uh four or five weeks to to heal up 
And then I came back in the lineup and I, I tore it up once, once I was healed again. Um, so I had a really good second half of my sophomore year. And then we almost won. I think we lost in triple overtime to Bemidji state in the finals. That is um, painfully correct. I remember wait, was yeah. that the game. Was that the, the game you get, you were up five, one or something or four, one. Oh my God. No, yeah. no, it, it was a close game. All okay. Game. There, there was a game, yeah. a championship game. It might've been the year before you got there. Robert Morris was winning five, one going into the third Ooh. and they lost six, five in overtime. Dang. Yeah. That was hurt. And yeah, it was, uh, that Bemidji trip was just a nightmare though, because so we played Bemidji the last two games of the season. So on a Friday, Saturday, that's right. And then it now was I spring remember. break and then playoffs. So we stayed in Bemidji in a motel six for all of spring break. <laughs> <laughs> Went to the same bowling alley every day, <laughs> just like, and, uh, and then we ended up playing them, you know, in the playoffs after that. So we spent so much time in Bemidji, but, uh, yeah, Matt Reed, who ended up playing for the Flyers scored the game winner. Um, and then had a really good, really good junior year. Um, and then, uh, yeah, senior year was, was pretty good. It was, I was a captain. Sorry. I was an assistant captain the second half of the sophomore year, assistant captain junior year. And then, um, the captain, the senior year, senior year was kind of up and down. I had a, I got a concussion, but, um, you know, produced at a reasonable click, just cut my production went down a bit, but, um, still good enough. Got a, got a contract with the wheeling nailers after that. And, you know, you said something early on in the beginning of this, and you said, I got lucky because people vouched for me. And then you said, just now, I was captain at a school I transferred to with one semester in. I'm going to call a little bit of bullshit here. You didn't get lucky. People vouched for you because they they saw your commitment, your dedication, your hard work. It's they a saw, aura. And, and that's the reality. Every, almost every successful person I talk to says that. Well, I got lucky with this thing. Yeah, luck does come into play. But at the same time, you got lucky because you put yourself in a position to Definitely. get lucky. And, yeah. and, and that's why you were a captain. When you transferred in, you know, after you froze your clothes during your visit, you know, and, and those little, little errors, we'll call them. That happens to everyone. So I, I will I will call a little bullshit. And it wasn't luck. It was hard work. It was commitment. It was dedication. It was your personality that brought you to where you are. Yeah. You know? so and, you I, know, I, I, I tip my hat are, for that. Yeah. Humans aren't without flaws. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> me, like everyone, everyone's got their, uh, everyone has their stories. But you're right. Like, I, I, um, I was the captain of my junior team for two years. Um, I, I just, I like trying to bring groups of people together. I feel like that's, uh, something that I enjoy doing and, and, and build a culture there. Um, and I think, you know, you, it's a manifestation of, uh, of your hard work and, you know, the way people perceive you and by doing those things, people want to vouch for you. Um, but I, I always say there is a small luck element in sports that you can't deny, like yeah. championship teams that. Um, you know, like injuries happen, right? For instance, like that, that's kind of like a, one of those things you can't really avoid. And you need to have a little bit of luck. Teams that win championships typically need a little bit of puck luck or something here and there. But overall, like the, yeah, the fabric of, of what you're doing that, um, you know, needs to come from a, a core leadership group and individuals can influence that one individual, you know, influences another who influences another who influences another like that, that part's not luck. That's, that's having, you know, good quality people with, with character and, um, yeah. And, and, you know, the, the right personality traits. So you graduated from RMU, you went to the wheeling nailers. I assume the story goes, you went to the penguins, won the Stanley cup, and now you retire. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, is that how it went? <laughs> I, 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 I set you I up on this away, one. I, <laughs> I went away for spring break after the senior year. Cause I needed to decompress. And I remember getting 
calls for, I had a, an advisor that was working for me and I didn't even know if I wanted to continue playing hockey. I thought I might go get in the working world and stuff, but I was on spring break. I was on the beach. And I remember finally this guy said, listen, are you going to go play somewhere after or not? Cause like you keep telling me you're, you're busy with exams and this and that. And I, I just said, you know what? I'll go. I'm like, I just got, I just need a few days. <laughs> really. I just wanted to like decompress for a few days. Um, so then when I came back, I, I joined the nailers and like had a, we had an unbelievable start. Like we were kind of on the fringe of making the playoffs. And then a few of us college guys went in and, and really helped push the team over the top. Uh, I ended up playing with, um, with two NHL contract guys in the top line. Um, we had a great run. Like we had, we, we made it to the, so I think we lost in the conference final, but the team that we beat in the second round was first in the league. They, had beaten Wheeling. They, Wheeling was 0-8 against them in the regular season. We took them to seven games, and I got the double overtime game winner in that game seven. Nice. Um, I was a healthy scratch the game before, and I was really pissed off about it. And I didn't <laughs> think go. I was going to play in game seven, but coach said, hey, like, be ready because you're going tonight. And then put me back in the top line. We had we, we, we scored every goal of the, of the game, and it was, it, was, uh, it was such an incredible experience. And then... Um, yeah, I joined the team back the next year and that's when, you know, I, I got, I was sick and things weren't going well. So then um, ended up, you know, kind of like fumbling through the year until finally I, I uh, realized that I was really ill and I, I went and got checked out and, you know, <laughs> I guess that opens the door to the, the, the next topic, which is um, I had a, a pretty, a pretty long grueling battle with stage four cancer. And you know, that, that's what was bogging me down. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a tough time, but, um, I, I suppose like anything in life, you, you, you roll with the punches, you, you find a way to, to get through it and to turn a negative into a positive. And that, that's kind of what I've tried to do. And, and remember not- how I said happiest guy on the planet, yeah. he just brushed off stage four cancer. Like it was a inconvenient parking ticket. Well, and he didn't say I had stage four cancer. I went through what? Three rounds of chemo, something like four. that. Four. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> four rounds of chemo. How, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. One of my rounds. <laughs> uh, to come back told less than 1% chance of anything coming back to find out that now something has happened in your lung to have another surgery. To back to playing professionally and then a tree fall through your house yeah. <laughs> a tree fell through your house yeah the, the only tornado that's the only significant <laughs> tornado in ottawa's history happened three years ago like it, it, everything was okay though everyone's okay I, I don't know i mean i, I yeah I, it was crazy like i was i, uh, I only know from like, reading about it did you yeah, play the lottery the after was, she was sleeping on the couch and uh she got up she got up to go to the gym I, I had given her a call uh, before a game and woke her up. She got up, drove to the gym. I had a, I was renting out uh, an apartment in the house that had an in-law suite. My, my friend comes back, go, turns the shower on, and a tree flies through the living room and, and crushes the couch in half where she was sleeping. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, you had a heck of a run. But they say bad things happen in three, so I'll give you – you had all three. You're good. Yeah, you're like, good. It, it's smooth sailing from here on out. You're set. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, you obviously had to transition out of athletics, partially due to health and partially just because you you know it was time to move on. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, something I, I I think we see a lot of, whether it be the lifters, whether it be the athletes we work with, is that mental side of transitioning out. 
how did you make it so easy? Or how do you, maybe you're faking it to me. I don't know. How do you keep such a positive attitude with all that? I mean, yeah, it's like you said, like I try and make sure the story I'm telling other people is the same story I'm telling myself, right? Because it doesn't make any sense to, to walk through life and, and pretend everything's good when like you have a lot of things you have to sort out. So I generally think I, I try and be pretty transparent, authentic about who I am. So what I, what I did was I, uh, I got into coaching, um, pretty quickly. Um, I got into, I, I actually got into lifting quite a bit. Um, I got a really good job in real estate. I got into building homes and, um, yeah, you know what, just like embracing, uh, the friendships I have here, the relationships I have here, making sure that I'm, I'm staying involved in, you know, I don't know whether it's like, I have a team of guys that I golf with. Um, everything I do is like extracurricularly. I, I typically view it as like a kind of like a team environment. So I, I kind of get my fix there. Um, but you know, having said that it was still difficult. I think the first couple years, cause it's very hard to replace that, like that, that, you know, that adrenaline rush, that the preparation involved, the competitiveness, um, and even like that, that team environment, like when you guys are, um, you know, when you, a bunch of testosterone filled individuals are going in and, you know, you're trying to win a hockey game, you're, you're getting in fights, you're, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're late, you're, you know, you're. Uh, laying your body on the line like CJ in that photo shoot a couple few years ago, you know, <laughs> blocking shots, blocking pucks. Um, it, it's just, or sorry, that was that was Josh, not CJ. Um, anyway, it's he's tougher it's, than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, it's kind of just a combination of things, and I think uh, a lot of it has to go, goes down to your mentality too. Like I, I generally try and, and tone down. The negative talk in my head and I, I typically try and disrupt it when it happens and I think that you know that that part of it that like meditative side of it that um you know internal side of it is just like that that goes along with living a fulfilled life so you know you got to be aware of that not to harp on it um but I read in an article you said after the first battle with cancer you talked about how um once you got back on the ice you felt like yourself again you can do and like i think that's a big a big thing that a lot of us or a lot of people transitioning out of their sport feel is the well i don't feel like myself unless i'm insert on the ice on the field on the court whatever how did you do that how did you feel in that transition part of it where you like okay i'm not lacing up the skates anymore like i'm not on the ice like six days a week yeah well you know for me i like i had this like i had to change the narrative and I, of like being the sick guy, first of all. Right. So like after I was done with like cancer, I, I hated the fact that, um, you know, when I, when I lost all my hair, I lost 50 pounds. I was just kind of, I was like frail looking. And before that, you know, I'm walking around, you know, six, one, 210 pounds, like in the best shape of my life. And people look at you differently. Right. And when I was sick, like, that's why I tried to keep it on the down low as much as I could until, I had to get treated in the US and needed the fundraising and it had to become really public. But I didn't like how I was I was looked at as kind of like the the sick guy. And um, you know, it, I just wanted to kind of change that narrative. And for me, like playing hockey after that was the one way I was gonna do it. And I loved it. You know, I had to get back to I had to get back to what I was doing and and not let the the bad circumstances take that from me. I was gonna leave it sort of on my terms which I did. And so like, I don't know, like I, you know, once I left hockey, I was at peace with it because 
I always said like, you know, once I stop, once I feel like my trajectory isn't continuing to go up, I thought there was a chance I'd get called up or something. And I, I didn't see it really happening anymore. I was one of the older guys in the team. Uh, and so I was just realistic about it, but you know, I, I came, uh, I became at peace with it and I, I stopped kind of um, identifying with myself as, you know, the, 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 the professional hockey player. I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be something else now. And that's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Life is all about transitioning into different things and doing different things. And um, now I'm Chris, the guy who like a lot of people think that I'm a developer, you know, and I build houses and they're, they're shocked when they find out that, you know, they, they kind of see that I look like a bit of a hockey player, got a little bit of like long hair coming out of the hat. Uh, I still keep myself in shape and stuff and like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. But now people think I'm a construction guy. Now people think I'm a real estate appraiser. Now people, and I, you know, I, people can think whatever they want about me, but at the end of the day, like I, I am who I am. I'm, you know, a, a guy who just, um, you know, loves to like, loves to go out with my, my friends and family and, and be social and you know what I mean? And, and travel and, and just do what I want um, on my own time and, and, and not let anyone else dictate that. So, I mean, I, I think that people who, who get caught up in, um, you know, their, their careers or whatever it is and, then, then they technically lose that or they, they, something happens. Maybe they, they, they retire like an athlete does, or they, they get fired. Something happens. Um, you know, they, they have to like get over this, like identifying themselves with that job that they were doing because, you know, there, there's much more to life than that. I, you know, it's funny cause we both transitioned to strength and conditioning. I, I did 20 years and you did over a decade. And, um, and I, it, so often, you, you know, the question you have to people is, what do you do? You know, and people define themselves by that career. You know, what do you do is, and that question kind of irks me. Cause what do you do? Uh, I mountain bike. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love, I love mountain biking. I do at least two, three times a week. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, what do I do? Like, what do I do for a paycheck with? And, and I think the happiest people I see in life are those people who have those multiple avenues of what do you do? Well, I, I'm on a podcast. I mountain bike. I play drums. I do these things. Uh, yeah, I have a job and I'll be honest with you. I have one of the coolest jobs in the world. Like yeah. it's, it's pretty fun. It's I feel like we make a difference in the world. I feel like the world is a better place for what we do, but what do you do in that question? I think, um, said a lot and you actually made me think of one it's more like, thing what do you do to make an impact on people I think that's there we go question. i'm gonna start yeah. asking that one I that's like a better that. what do you we, do yeah. so <laughs> right it's too it's too heavy for some people yeah. i don't know if you i don't know if you go there so i got a wheeling story for you which you made me think of right before lockdown last year last early march me and tenzig went my son's name's tenzig we went to wheeling to see the wildcrats live the wildcrats pbs show if you know that and went down to Wheeling. We had a great lunch at a little restaurant we found. Really, it was just a beautiful early spring day. It was warm out. And we're walking into Wildcrats, and there's a, a young man in front of us around the same age as my son. And he had one of the, like, a tall shoe on one foot. He obviously had some deficiency. One leg was significantly shorter. And Tenzer goes, Daddy, what is that? And he said it really loud. And I said, come here, buddy. And I kind of pulled him aside and I said, I don't mind you asking that, but understand that that young man has some sort of an injury or, you know, a growth issue, which he has to do that. And I was like, the one thing you don't want to do is just keep reminding him of that. And I right. think what you talked about with the cancer thing, you know, it changes how people see you. When you walk in the room, six, one shredded up 210 pounds or six, one, 170 pounds with no hair, people, their eyes are different to you. You know, and, and one of the things I try to teach my son 
and hopefully, you know, uh, you know, I'm doing it right, is try not to judge the person by what you see uh, exterior. You know, whether they're a little fat, a little skinny, bald, you know, have, have some sort of issue with their body that is probably not their fault. You know, don't judge them for that. And also don't make them conscious of that. Accept them with who they are. So I, I think your, your point, you know, when you see someone with cancer, talk to them like a human. You know, so often right. I think people try, it's almost as if they talk down. Yeah. Like, oh, how are you? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they feel it's like they, they, they pity you or they feel sorry for whatever it is. Right. And it, even now people, act, like people don't realize that they'll be like, oh, like, I just think that people lack general, like social awareness a lot of time would be like, oh, like, how are you feeling? Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you feeling? My, my metabolic health is incredible, actually. You want to see my blood panel? Do you want to see? Yeah. <laughs> want to see it's probably better you than yours. <laughs> optimal, like. All right, we're going to hit the squat rack. I, I, whoa, whoa, hold on. Oh, now. I'm sorry. Hold on. Now, speaking of squat uh, rack, we got to have some fun, like college okay. lifting stores, or like, were you a weight room dude? Did you guys train together for a year? Okay, one year, yeah. So, have you got any cool weight room ham stories, or like, were you the dude in the weight room, or you uh, was ham getting? Man, the the biggest thing I learned from Hammer that I still do now are the. Uh, and the Tabata squats were killer. Oh, oh. We did some Tabata today with the boys. Did you? Yeah. With yeah. Chatham yeah, so Hockey. With Chatham Hockey. Yeah. So when I, That's like, miserable. I have my like uh, my big like hypertrophy days, I usually will like, I'll, I'll, inc I'll incorporate them and I bring my buddies in on them and it's, uh, yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's when I, when I think of Tabata, I've, I've always like associated that with with hammer and the, that's the my one thing I got it. I'm out. Listen, Mike, Mike drop. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me here. So when borders are open again, we're going to come down and we're going to see who can hang on it. Tabata Nation. What? You're going to go up. <laughs> we're going to go up? You're going to go up. Everyone no, he needs to come see oh, the he's gym. coming down. He got to come gym. see the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Visit yeah. Pittsburgh. It's more likely that I'll, that I'll end up down there. We we have some uh, some hockey hookups here. We'll get some uh, some good free games in for you. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some things. So nice. can I do lightning round? Well, if he's ready. I have a text message here from a former teammate of yours. And, mm -hmm. and the fourth, there's three things the fourth question will be do you know who the teammate is okay now i'll do a little true or false true or false did you have a nickname based on a seinfeld character and if it, you did tell us about it uh <laughs> yeah i think that's a true yeah, it's, it's funny because <laughs> I, the, yeah they, they call me they, they call me kramer so, <laughs> because I'm, I'm always, I'm always getting myself in like sticky situations. <laughs> like my buddy calls them. Uh, and so Kramer's Nick or Kramer's real name, I think is Cosmo. Uh huh. And so my buddies will call them the, the Cosmo, my Cosmos conundrums. Nice. I like it. I like it. That's and usually, usually it's in my, uh, my, my dating life or something like that. But I, I had a funny, well, we had one yesterday. We were hanging in the, uh, I converted, I have a two car garage. I converted it to like a weight room, like lounge. And, uh, we were hanging out there. We had all like, we had all like, uh, moved this massive garbage bin. They moved some massive garbage bin for me for the site. Anyway, we were hanging out, having some drinks and, uh, I was helping my parents cause they're selling their house and, um, they don't, they're just kind of like not very tech savvy. So I'm basically doing all the work for them. They got an offer yesterday that they wanted to accept. So I, I'm like, you know, you guys can use email, just go on. It's a DocuSign and you just have to like, you know, 
I don't know, just basically click to sign it. And um, I didn't realize that there was like a, an expiry date that night on it. So I only told them about it after the offer had expired. <laughs> so that was one of Cosmo's conundrums. You know what I mean? I just, <laughs> I just constantly get myself in these like situations where I don't know, like other people don't seem to be getting themselves caught in them as much as I do. <laughs> But anyway, that all worked out. There's a lot worse nicknames to have. Yeah, yeah. that's a class. All right. So after treatment, I want to hear at least one good story about the arcade basketball game rivalries you guys used to have. I hear about this. Uh, got got a little heated with some arcade basketball game. I think it was in the house you guys were living. Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. It was State at Waterford. Game. It was at. Uh, and now you're probably starting to piece together who this was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah. It was just one of those like uh, those little like where there's the two mini nets or whatever. And you're kind of trying to drain them. But the thing is, is there was no like, uh, it, there was no like honor in the game at all because the one guy, the one guy was just like, the one guy was uh, Evan Renwick. He was so tall and lanky. He could just like reach and put them and just like basically dunk them. So like, it's not like, like if you play a game like beer pong, your elbow has to be behind the table. And I'm trying to explain to him, hey, like you can't, you can't literally dunk the Slam balls dunk like that. The ball. <laughs> you can, man. Yeah. Man, hey, that's yo. Know, people are tall it's, it's, in basketball. It's part of it's life. Cheap. It's cheap. You know what I mean? If you want to, <laughs> if that's how you want to live your life, no, uh, no honor, no, no honor, nothing like nothing, then fine. But don't bring it around me. So anyway, I, I think that I was, I was, I would have been considered the best, the best shot. Ah, uh, yes, of course. You know, like. So we're learning you're a bit competitive. Yeah. And very <laughs> humble. <laughs> All right. So this this question I started, did you or did you not play in Vegas? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Is it true yeah. that you did not own a car and you used to ride your bicycle down the strip to the arena? <laughs> that's what the text message says. No way. I, that That's a lie. That's false. There's, that's there's what it no says. Way. It said, I'm I pretty think, sure. I think, I think I took a scooter once. Okay. That All right. There it is. I That's think funny. that that, I think that happened. That definitely did happen. Maybe more than once. Um, cause I, <laughs> but I didn't have to bike there. It was way too far. We were just, we were just off the strip and like, maybe, I, maybe I did bike a couple times. I, don't know. Uh, <laughs> I knew a starting linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers that didn't own a car and he would either ride his bicycle or take Pat bus to the games. Who was wow. that? This was, this was long. This was a long time ago. His name was Tom Mislinski. Hmm. or not, not Tom Mislinski. Jerry Oslavsky. Milo was his buddy. Milo That's was the gnarly. first train coach of Robert Morris, but Jerry Oslavsky is now coaching somewhere. He's coached I, somewhere, huh? Yeah, he was at Youngstown for a while. Uh, Jerry O lived in Shadyside and owned no car. Um, and he would ride his bicycle or take a pat bus to the games. I always had the image of like a remember, giant like, middle Pee linebacker. Yeah, yeah like but remember Pee Wee football and you did the helmet through yeah. the shoulder pads yeah. and the jersey? Like, <laughs> the dude sitting, you know, the yoked up linebacker sitting next to you on pat bus holding the helmet. Like, <laughs> what's up? Like, uh, where are you going? Game day. You know, that was a different era. That was like the 90s NFL when the concussions weren't a thing. Kush, if if anybody ever teases you about it again, just remind them that uh, Chelios used to ride his bike to the rink both ways, and then also ride in the sauna before and after games on the on the stationary bike. So you know yeah, you're in good company. Mario Lemieux to smoke between periods. So I mean, yeah. come on. that's right. <laughs> yeah, smoking dark. So, um, do you well, know who it was? Do we have an answer? You well, can you get? Can I ask for uh, one question for a hint? Was it uh, before or after my time? I think he was or during a, my time or after my time. 
I think he was older than you. Older? I think I could. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. He was younger. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I think I think it's Colin South. Colin South. Ding, ding. Hold on. Yeah. Look at this. I get to use my gavel. Oh boy. I, I'm shocked because I thought I his brother was, was older, right? Right. That's why That's I got right. confused with Firm. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's funny is his brother's an NHL referee now, right? Uh, he lives five houses away from me. Look at that. And, and yeah, okay. So you should. Do you ever see him? Yeah, all the time. Him and the dog. And you should. You should ask him about when I bumped into him in Tampa at the Bolts game. Just randomly? I was sitting on the glass, and uh, I was with another RMU alum named Greg Gibson, and we had a, we had a couple of ladies there with us, and and he and I, we, I was like, and like yeah. go on, ladies, yeah. With us. Well, we had just met them in Tampa and like a guy that I know, like gave us glass seats and he had extras. And anyway, randomly, like I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I think that's Furman on the line right now. Like, like literally like five feet away from us. So I, we just start hammering the glass, yelling his name. He looks over, gives a double take. He's like, what? <laughs> We're like, what? So then after the, uh, so I think the players on the bolts started catching on to the fact that we knew the ref. So then, like Kucherov was coming over, trying to like hammer our beers off of the uh, <laughs> on the glass, and <laughs> and he was just like coming over and wincing. Then before the period, the refs would come over and they kind of like smile at us because we were having a, we were having a great time. And the fact that Furman was rapping was just like it was just like so cool, right? Because I don't know, I was just on the ice with him playing in games not too like a few like a few years ago. So yeah, that was super cool. You should say you should ask him. You should say. Hey, Kush came on the podcast and he was uh, he was saying how he he saw you repping in Tampa the one time and see what he said. I'm gonna send him the podcast. I just like that uh, Cosmos conundrums can be positive too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that a positive one. I, I I just feel like after hearing a story, I have to live vicariously through you. Can you like text me once a week and tell me what you did? And I'd be yeah. like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> no, they're, they're usually like like there are daily conundrums. Like there, that's like the and. To be honest, most of the time it's just my my friends laughing about my like my my dating life. <laughs> I, I I laugh about CJ's dating life, and I love his girlfriend all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know what that means it's either. CJ, so. Sorry, Sky. So, <laughs> and, and what last piece of advice? You know, just for for the people that are listening. You know, what what, what what's going to keep our heads up out there in the world? I uh, you know what there's so much there's especially right now there's so much going on like we're in full-blown lockdown in ontario right now and we have been for almost a year you know we're fine people are finding ways to like to try and make it interesting but you know the the gyms aren't open um none of the stores are open unless they're grocery stores they're they're putting men like they they canceled golf now like you you know there's so much there's so much negative press and negative things going on out there but you know, just embracing a spirit that you can only control what you can control. And you know what I mean? Like people are going to make decisions around you. And if you can't control it, don't waste time and energy on it. You only have so much bandwidth in a day to manage like stress and whatnot, like focus on the, you know, focus that on the things that matter. Otherwise, you know, just try and just try and find the positives in life. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, the other day hammered how we got connected. I found my first gold puck back from playing cancer in my garage. I looked at it and instantly I started to smile because I realized how, how damn lucky I am. Right. How, how fortunate I am uh, to be, you know, still on, like still with everyone and still able to do the things I love. Yeah. 
it's not great that, you know, there's restrictions and things going on, but at the end of the day, we're all so fortunate to have what we have, our families, our friends. And um, that's not to say you're not going to have bad days, but just kind of having that awareness that these, that the, you know, the bad days are going to go away and you do have the power to change uh, your thought process and, and kind of like intercept the, those negative thoughts and turn them into a positive. That's, that's what I really uh, try and spend a lot of my time focusing on. And I find that, uh, that, yeah, when I do that, I'm, I'm just, I'm generally just, you know, in a much better mood, I'm happy. So I, I think there's uh, still a lot of positive things. There's a lot of things to be happy about in the world. So just, you know, focus on that, focus on how lucky we all are. And, um, you know, that that's typically what I would suggest in my message for anyone listening out there. Hell of a pep talk. Huh? I know, you know, I had to take my son to get his first cavity field this morning and, and whole, he's seven years old and he'll write and say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I said, Tenzing, do you know what a mentor is? And he said, no. And I explained kind of what a mentor was. And, and I said, um, one of my mentors, Ethan Reeves, who was a longtime strength coach at Wake Forest and kind of just one of the OGs of strength and conditioning. And he once said, uh, you know what I love? I love the dentist. I love going to the dentist. No one like who who likes the dentist, right? CJ doesn't. That's why he had to go in emergency dental stuff last week. I didn't. That's why I have had emergency dental work done. And uh, he said the dentist reminds me of the toothache. And I was like, this is all right. There's nothing good about this yeah. so far. <laughs> and he goes, but the toothache will always remind me I'm still here. If you have a toothache, it sucks. Like tooth, there's like no pain like a toothache pain, right? Not you fun. just had it. It's it's miserable, but it reminds you that you're here. You have another day. You're still kicking. You're still having fun. You can still do things. And he said, so the dentist will always make me think back to the toothache. The toothache will always remind me I'm still here. And I think, hey, let's go to the dentist. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. a great way to look at the world. It's so, a great way to look at it. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it, perspective is is so important, right? It's 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 the single most important thing you can have. And I, I think that uh, perspective for me is that I have like I have peace of mind again. You know what I mean? Like when I when I was ill, I said people undervalue peace of mind so much and they create situations where they think, you know, they think they're stressed or they're, you know, they they lower their threshold for being able to to manage what is actually stressful and and, and what isn't. Um and so uh, yeah, I think that like people strongly undervalue uh, a peace of mind. And I, I think that, you know, that's something that we can all, you know, take something from. Um, but yeah, like on the dentist thing, I, uh, I love the dentist. I, I had no teeth a few years ago. Now I got, they fixed my teeth. I got, I got a, a great smile after playing hockey and you know what? The dentist is my favorite place because, uh, he restored, he restored my smile, man. There we go. <laughs> it's a hard to have those young ladies with you at the lightning game when you're missing all the teeth. They nicknamed me in, in college. My nickname was the mule too. I thought that that's what Colin was going to say. Because because I had like the my teeth were all like broken and messed up, I, you know what I mean? Like, so I mean, I I almost prefer Cosmo to the Mule. So well, I'll take sure. I'll definitely take Cosmo. I like Cosmo. Away. I'll take Cosmo. Cosmo. I like Cosmo too. Like as long as you're not the mailman on Seinfeld, you're in a pretty good spot. As long as you're not Newman. <laughs> yeah, Newman. How is that Newman? You don't want to be Newman. Well, hey man, thanks for coming on, brother. Uh, we appreciate it. Hopefully uh, some people took some ideas. I think you had some good thoughts in For there sure. and some you have a great story. Um, I know RMU is going to run with this. I talked to Dues today. They're going to pump it out this week too. So cool. uh, so hopefully, you know, some people listen and dig what you had to say. Yeah. And uh, for all you men out there, 15 to 35, 
check your balls. Check <laughs> I had testicular cancer. All you got to do is check your balls. Any lumps or bumps, go get an ultrasound. Not enough people are talking about it. It's a conversation we need to have more, but it's uh, the most curable of all the diseases, but it's usually the most late detected because guys don't want to talk about it or they ignore it. So, you know, keep that in mind too. My last message, but thank you guys for having me. Uh, it was great. And I'd love to do it in our time. If ever, uh, if ever you'd have me on. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Wait, oh. go ahead, Josh. Kush, before you go, Brooks Bratton says, hello. All right. There's a big Brooks, smile. The, the Nashville man, the Nashville yeah. broadcast man. Text the, over there? Uh, Noel, you know, he is the Nashville Predators guy. He's oh, the yeah. guy. So the guy. And if you want to talk about guys who work their ass off to oh, achieve man. something. Yeah, he was outstanding. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a, he, he was a horse and so dedicated to his craft, you know, like all of you guys are. He uh, he climbed the ranks, man. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? He did it. He's living his dream. So so good for him. That's awesome. I love it. Best guy, too. Oh, yeah. Nicest guy. Oh, nice yeah. family, too. Great family and uh, always a big dessert guy. Brooksy would give you the best places to get dessert in the entire city, wherever he <laughs> wow. was. Right, we're going to have an entire podcast so. uh, covering why hockey nicknames are... <laughs> So so great. They're all the same. Cosmos the same. Conundrum. Yeah. No, just just what are you talking Brooke about? That's a great name. Brooksy. Hey, like, what's up, yeah, Brooksy. Hammy, yeah. Hey, Joshy, yeah, what's going on? Well, hey, thank you again for being on and listening to the Union Fitness Podcast here live in the Union Fitness Studio with the producer, the man, the myth, the legend, Josh CG. And always the guy driving this car into a lake. Hope we can unlock the doors, Todd Hammer. Thank you for listening. See you guys.